Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. What kind of masochist hosts a three-hour birthday party? What fresh hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. And I'm here to stop you from making the same mistake. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Like that. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Wheat thins are the worst of all the crackers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are talking about what kind of monster. (laughs) Amy, this was a topic suggestion, not by a listener, but by me. I need us to break down what kind of monster does certain things. All right. Thread the needle for me. What are we talking about here? These are things that you just don't understand why anybody would do them, but some people do. Yes, I don't understand why anyone would do them. Okay. And like, I will admit that some of these things are quite personal. And when I say monster, it's just like going through my day. I'm like, what kind of monster does this? You know, like I find the sponge like soaking in the bottom of the sink. And I'm like, what kind of monster would leave a sponge in the water? It's so (laughs) gross. Do I actually think my family members are monsters? Monsters? No. But my phrase, my go-to phrase for people who drive me crazy with their small actions is what kind of monster? I have a sponge-related what kind of monster because my husband and I completely disagree on this. He thinks that using the sponge that's been hanging around in the kitchen sink for many moons is a great thing to wipe the counters with. Oh, what kind of monster, Amy? What kind of monster are you married to? Just throw that out. This reminds me, I don't remember what the topic was. I think it was, can this marriage be saved? And one of the listeners, guys, if you are not in the What Fresh Hell Facebook group, not just a fan of our page where we talk to you, but in the group, our listeners talk to each other. You have to join because there is some hilarious stuff going on over there. And one of our listeners in Can This Marriage Be Saved, when we were talking about that, said that her husband, instead of untwisting the bread tie at the top of the bread, slices the bag open and eats like bread from the middle. Just tears a hole. Yep. (laughs) And people were like, you need to run for your life. You're clearly (laughs) married to a sociopath. Like no normal person would ever do this. So this is broadening the topic to be just the people in your neighborhood who do crazy, crazy stuff. Oh, and let's be clear. We are not mother judges around here. We don't like judgment at all. But we do sometimes have to ask the question, what kind of monster? Right. So if you were hear yourself referred to as a monster here, listen, do we really think you're a horrible monster? No, but we want to know what kind of monster you are. We want to know what motivates you. What the heck motivates you? I'm a little concerned that some of these things that are coming up might be things that I do. Oh, you are certainly one of these kind of monsters, Amy, and we will get to that and I will address it with you. Okay. All right. I'm here to help <laughs> you be a better person and not be a monster anymore. Okay. All right. I'm ready. And so as you usual, we went to our Facebook page and we asked people to share with us their own monsters in their own lives and what kind of monsters they were encountering on a daily basis. And I think we'll start strong with Sarah, Mm -hmm. who says, what kind of monster gives you a toy with thousands of pieces? I understand the need for puzzles and a few sorting toys, but why did I just get gifted a 100 piece play food set for my kids? Why? Hmm. I feel like a hundred pieces isn't that many pieces. <laughs> oh, 
Amy, no, 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 no. This is the kind of thing where, like, someone else brought up electronic toys, and someone was like, well, electronic toys, you know, they can't be avoided. They're fine. I mean, I just think if you, when selecting a gift for another human being in your life, you want to run it through the what kind of monster test threshold. Okay. You want to ask yourself, like, does this toy have more than, let's say, 10 pieces? I might even say one piece. Like, maybe just give someone a book. It's fine. Well, I feel like the Melissa and Doug, you know, like, birthday cake set that comes with, like, the eight pieces and the cake cutter. And, the t- like, that's about one of the best things you could get for any kid. They love nothing more than to ask you what kind of pizza you want and then put the little mushrooms on it and bring it over. That's not 100 pieces. That's, like, 40, 50. It's not 100 pieces. And I would still say that if you gift that to someone else, Amy... Your name will be cursed at some point. And you may just have to live with that and accept it and be like, I like the wooden pizza enough to accept that my name will be cursed at some point. I think the kind of person who is outraged by a hundred piece toy is the kind of person who feels obliged to maintain those hundred pieces in some kind of order. Like a couple weeks ago, we had a question from somebody asking if she should keep up sorting her children's Legos by type. And like, yeah, that kind of person would not like a hundred piece set of Legos. But if you don't care if they end up in the garbage two days later, then you might be fine. This won't bother you, but that would bother you because you hate plastic world. No, if you're giving me a gift and you're giving my children a gift, under five pieces maximum, please. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Otherwise, I'm just saying that I will shake my fist to the heaven at some point and curse your name because I will be picking up those little mushrooms from the pizza and I will think bad thoughts about you. (laughs) It's going to happen. Okay. Amy, I have a personal what kind of monster. Okay. And again, it happens, but I want to know what kind of monster throws a child's birthday party that lasts three hours. Mm. What is the correct length, Amy, for a child's birthday party? I mean, I feel like we've decided as a society that it's two hours. I think that's at least 30 minutes longer than is really necessary. The correct length for a child's birthday party is 90 minutes. Yeah, okay, good. All right, so we're in agreement, yep. But I understand that like, if you're renting a place or whatever, you may have to go to two hours. Sure. And that's got a nice drop-off window and a pickup window. You're paying for two hours. So like five minutes in and five minutes out, you're shaving that off. But three hours is too long, guys. Three hours is too long. What kind of masochist is there? Yes. Is that correct? Hosts a three-hour birthday party. And also like... I am in a hostage situation. Like, I can't leave before the cake is served. And I'm just stuck there in hour two and a half. Like, I've been at this horrible, loud place for two hours. I want to go home. But I can't pull my kid out because it's like, wait, we're going to miss the pinata. Two hours max, guys. Max, please. I beg you. That's a good one because I can't imagine how that works for anyone. Yeah, it's a no-win situation. And I do think it's an amateur mistake. Listen, have I thrown a child's birthday party that lasted three hours? I have, but I've regretted it. And I'm here to stop you from making the same mistake, guys. Two hours, 90 minutes, you'll be the hit of the town. Everyone will love you. Amanda has one. She says, what kind of monster offers your toddler some sort of sweet or treat and then looks at you and innocently says, oh, is this okay? (laughs) Don't do this, guys. Don't do In almost all of these situations, I want to be very clear. I have been the monster. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking within on this one. Definitely done it, especially if it's like at pickup. It's like, oh, I brought something for my kid. Your kid's right next to me. Like, can they have it? And I get that like it's too late by the time it comes out of your mouth. But it's not wrong. I mean, what kind of monster? It's not to be done, guys. It's forbidden. Yeah, this is tough when your kid is having a treat and you know, like, oh, here's my friend who only gives them hand-milled oats or whatever. It's a tough one, but always, I guess, move your kid to the side. This isn't actual advice. I get it. I'm getting too serious about this. (laughs) But I mean... Here's the thing. This is the difference between like parents and parenting styles and how people parent their kids. Like for me, what kind of monster only serves their child milled oats? But for them, what kind of monster serves, brings like sugary cereal in a tub at pickup, you know? Right. We see each other this way, which is part of the problem, maybe. Right. Let's go to Krista, who's got, I think this is one we can all agree on, except for the monsters who are actually doing it. Amy, what kind of monster clips their toenails in public spaces? Oh, my God. (laughs) 
People do it. I mean, that's the thing. What? <laughs> I was once driving with my nephews in a car in traffic. I think it was, I must have been in Chicago where they live. And one of my nephews was like, that guy is shaving. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I thought they were just having like one of those crazy toddler moments. And I looked over and the guy driving next to us on the highway in traffic was shaving his face with like a cup and a razor. He was shaving in his car, Amy. I can put a set of circumstances together where that guy was like <laughs> half an hour late for the most important meeting of his life, right? But I can't figure out what set of circumstances would oblige you to groom your toenails on the way somewhere as opposed to just like wearing closed toe shoes. I guess you're not wrong. I mean, let me just say, this guy did not look harassed or rushed. Like, he looked like, oh, it's time for my morning shave while I drive down the highway. <laughs> and like, maybe what kind of time saver? I mean... What kind of time saver? That's right. In some ways, like, what kind of multitasker? Like, maybe he had a more relaxing morning at home because he's like, I've got this 45 minutes in traffic. I might as well shave then. It was just a hilarious sight. That's the thing. Like, the productivity maven in me sort of tips my hat to that. Yeah, Amy's like... Great, great call. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> when you see Amy shaving her legs while she drives down the highway, you'll be like, oh, she just picked up a tip from the What Kind of Monster episode. Don't worry. I don't shave my legs so often. <laughs> yeah, you're safe. I'm a real time saver. Don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Amy, what kind of monster listens to music or watches videos on their phone in public without headphones? Oh, this is mine. Like, I was just on a plane on last weekend and yeah we're on the plane like pack plane and somebody like 10 rows back is playing a video game like full blast and my kids were sort of like do you hear that do you hear that and I wasn't really attuning to it until they pointed it out it was so until they helpfully helped you attune to it yeah is there anything more annoying like the sound that is sort of barely audible I think is so much worse than the like that. Yeah. Didn't you say there's a word for that? Like there's a sensitivity that's like audiophonophobia or something that's like small noises drive you crazy. I have a touch of that. Misophonia. Misophonia. I am a somewhat sufferer. And yeah, that like sort of half noise is crazy. But there is somebody, this guy, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name big like social media guy he actually travels with headphones like cheaper ones that they give out on airplanes like every time they offer you a free set he just takes it or he grabs them at the gym he keeps them in his bag because he travels all the time and if he's sitting next to or across the aisle somebody who starts this he just hands them a set of headphones and bold move the reaction is almost all the time like oh thanks like oh what is this thing i could plug in and listen quietly i have conquered flight and yet i am unfamiliar with the concept of headphones yeah because you would think people would really not be receptive. But he's like, they honestly usually are like, wow, a free present. Thank you. And then they use it. That's such a dude move. I have to say the thing of like, hey, I have the solution to this problem. We just complain about it. He's like, here you go. Here are some headphones. Yeah. I do want to say when I had like two year olds, I was sensitive to this. But I the like two year old plane flyer is a problem in this area. And I want to say you're no kind of monster if you're having this problem because I've had it like the two year old won't keep headphones on and wants to watch the iPad at full volume. So like, yeah, it is a constant battle. I forgive you if you are under the age of five and this is happening. Yeah, I have been that person on the plane. Like I'm trying to keep Dora like quiet enough. The person doesn't like their seat being kicked for only the baby to hear it. Right. And they also don't want to hear Dora. And it's kind of like that's one of the other so let me make it right would you rather hear my kids screaming for dora or hear like <laughs> like just creeping up from the seat behind you because it's time to make some hard choices which is always people like bring your own headphones i mean i don't go anywhere without a set of headphones and a uh yeah, you might want to stop this problem at the source by just investing in some noise canceling headphones and sticking those on your head yeah because, you know, as we always say on the podcast, the only person you can solve is yourself, guys. My corollary to this is who speaks on speakerphone in public? They're like on The Real Housewives or something when you can just talk into the phone. Who talks on the phone? Is there really what kind of monster? Right? Who calls people? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of monster makes a phone call? Let's start there. Because it is true that we were just on a break and I had my whole family together, all my siblings. And I had just left my in-laws house with like all those siblings and my sisters-in-law and everybody. Like I had seen everybody in the last week. 
And I realized, I said at some point while I was sitting in the living room, my phone won't ring all week. Every single person who calls me in real life is in this room. Oh my gosh. Like I haven't gotten a phone call in six days. My phone is just a brick, basically. It's only for social media because the only people who call me are my sisters, my sisters-in-law, my in-laws, my parents, like, because we kind of have to make those kind of plans. But like, otherwise, phone calls are just out of the question. And occasionally, I'll have a text chain going with someone who I think like, you know, we're trying to make a plan. I'm like, oh, that restaurant's actually closed. So we'll have to go somewhere else. And I'll occasionally have to pick up the phone and call people. And I'm always like, I'm so, so sorry for calling you. But I didn't want to get into this whole complicated plan over text. But I always start with an apology because phone calling, it's out the window now. <laughs> right. I have another phone related. What kind of monster? This is mine and it's very deeply held. Please. What kind of monster leaves the keyboard clicks setting on that comes like pre-installed on your phone so that when they're typing? Oh, you can hear them. Yeah. So that when you're typing a text or whatever, the phone gives you like. Right. When you're typing, who leaves that on? I mean, people who don't know any better, because I don't even think I knew that was a thing. People who don't know it could be turned off. I mean, when I hear that sound, I have like the toggle switch on my phone that turns this sound off. And so, yeah, I think I would just toggle that off once I heard the clicking. But you're saying there are people who will just sit there and be like, click, 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 and they don't care. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was on a long bus ride next to a a woman (laughs) who was... And I finally was like, and I tried, I did my headphone trick, like I could still hear it. So I said, do you mind turning that off? And she was like, what is the big deal? And I was like, what is the big deal about toggling that switch on the side of your phone? So I don't have to. You're like, ma'am, I am a sufferer of what is it called? Misophonia. Misophonia. Like I could punch you or you could (laughs) toggle the switch. Like, why do you need to hear each letter as you type it? And why does that? Why do you want that in your world? What kind of monster? What kind of monster? All right, guys, we'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to seeing optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Amy, we're back, and I have one more phone thing before we move on. Okay, because we live on our phones, so it makes sense that this would be... Yes. What kind of monster has a phone that rings at the movie theater and answers the phone to say, I'm at the movies, I can't talk now? (laughs) This happened to me once. My sister was in a play. My sister's an actress, which is somewhat how I know Amy. They're friends. And she was in a play... I mean, it was like an Irish drama. I mean, not that it makes any difference, but it wasn't like people were like singing and kicking and dancing. People were like, we're in the famine and people are dying. Like it was a depressing play, you know? Not a land with phones. 
It was not a land with phones. And it was not like, well, we're all just having a party here with the teacups. We might as well answer our phones. It was like people were like dying in Ireland. We're all sitting there watching it. And someone's phone rang and they picked it up and they were like, hey, sorry, I'm just at the theater. Hold on. Let me walk out and we can talk. Oh, my God. And then like stood up and continued their conversation while they like stood up and walked out of the theater. I have definitely been on stage when this happens. I've been in the audience when this happens. And as a performer, I think what these people don't get is like, you're not at the Hall of Presidents at Disney World. Like the actors on stage can also hear you. Like not only are you completely distracting everybody in the audience, but you're ruining the play. Like the actors are like, oh my God, somebody just answered their phone. That's right. You kind of think you're at the movies. Like you're mistaken about where you are. Yes, I have a funny story about that, which is that on the topic of like people not understanding that like there's a real experience going on. I was at a book festival once in L.A. I will say this story is also an oldie lux alert. Back in my day. (laughs) And we saw this actress, Jane Seymour. Do you know who that is? She used to star on a show called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I do. And she walked up to the booth that we were standing by and my friend was pointing at her and she was like, that's that lady from Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. And I'm like, yeah, she can hear and see you. She's standing right next to us. Like her <laughs> finger was like right in her face. And she was like, I was like, that's not a wax figure. That's a human being who can see you. <laughs> and I think that that I'm sure that Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, would have been like, what kind of monster points in my face and screams, that's Dr. Quinn, medicine woman? But like, she literally did not really cognitively understand that like, that's just a human being. Yeah. It's not just like suddenly a wax figure has popped up in our lives. (laughs) Yeah. Of a celebrity. Yep. Don't talk at plays. Don't answer phones. So understandable, but still monstrous. That's what we're saying. I think about most of these things fall into the category of understandable yet monstrous. Kelly says this is one that like it's my like life's work to correct this. She says, what kind of monster ignores the line of traffic patiently waiting to merge and derives directly to the front of the line. This caused some hot controversy, some hot takes on the Facebook page. Really? Because people were arguing that, in fact, in driver's ed, what they teach you, I think that we're talking about two different things. It's like when you come to a merge, you're supposed to zipper merge one car, then the next car, then one car, then the next. That's an efficient merge system. Yes. But we're talking about people who there's already a zipper merge going on and they decide to create a new lane of merging where they come around the people correctly zippering and come to the front. Well, they cause troubles for everyone because like I'm thinking of a particular exit that always gets backed up a lot. And, you know, people are waiting for half a mile to make this exit on the highway and then somebody zips up to where they exit and then everybody's like, not today. I am not letting you in. <laughs> not today, Satan. It's not happening. Right. Back off. Right. I will say, I mean, this is the problem with playing what kind of monster, Amy. There's always another side to the story. Like I have often... We live in the suburbs of New York City and often we're driving in on kind of unfamiliar roads. And then you're like, oh, let's go around this traffic. And then you're like, oh, no, that traffic was actually the traffic trying to get off the exit that I now have to get off of. Right. And suddenly you're that person. Suddenly you are that person. That's right. You're trying to get in and you want a little sign for your window that says like not a monster, just confused. Right. At that point. We should sell those. I'd buy one. <laughs> Let's sell back of the screw. Like just a little sign that any given time you can pull out that reads not a monster, just confused. Because I feel like there's a lot of confusion that goes into this. There's a need for that. Like there's a need for a universal sign when we're driving. That's like, you're right. I'm wrong. So sorry. Yes. A hand gesture. Sort of the raised hand of beneficent greeting kind of works, but... They're really mad. Yeah, there's a lot of like undertones. Like I saw somebody posting this week that like somebody flipped them off in traffic while they were taking their dog to be put down. And it's like, right, you need to understand that like I'm not in a good headspace right now. But so we need like a flurry of signs. Like I'm not in a good headspace right now. I actually really am in a hurry. Right. Like, right. Listen, I am. My toddler just had a blowout. Like I really need to get home. I'm not sure. You know what we need is like those signs. You can type in a message and it plays on the back of your car. Yes. Mommy merge. (laughs) I mean, I can't see any problem with typing a sign on the back of your car while driving. What could possibly go wrong? Well, you can have default messages. 
Like, mommy, merge. Like, you know, I'm having let down and my baby is screaming in the back. I really need to get home. Exigent circumstances. That's all you can say. <laughs> Please let me in. It's really an emergency. This reminds me. That is the fury that plays in my head when I am that person because I'm an obliger. So I'm waiting in that line of traffic and then somebody's trying to zip in and I'm trying not to let them in until it becomes like, why am I like being actively unsafe and risking a fender bender to teach this person a lesson. But I'm always like saying to myself. Right. And that person is never going to be like, ah, that person really taught me a good lesson today. Yeah. They're not taking the note from me. About proper traffic maintenance. No. But I'm always sitting behind the wheel saying like, oh, you're the one who's busy. Oh, I was wondering who it was. Oh, you're the one who has to get somewhere today. (laughs) I heard about you. You're Mr. Important. Yes, there you go. This reminds me of my ex-boyfriend used to always say, because when we lived in San Francisco, there was no eating or drinking allowed on the BART train. And he was like, they should have a system where you can take a test that proves that you're a responsible eater and drinker and allow you to eat. Like you should be able to get a card that's like, I'm allowed to eat on the BART train. He's like, I'm a very neat eater. I understand that there's an overall policy, but I feel like I could prove that I'm responsible enough to have a snack on the BART train. I feel similarly that there should be a line at airport security like I have never flown before or like the line for people who are going to be shocked that they have to take their shoes off and ask a couple of times before they do it. You know, like that kind of thing. I think we need a line for beginners at the airport. Yeah, that's right. Beginner, intermediate, expert, except for like spoiler alert. Yes. Everyone would be like, I'm a pro at this. I got this. Right. And I am still that person who like gets to the front. and I'm like, oh, man, I was drinking a bottle of water in the car. Sorry, I put it in my bag. Oh, it's you. I mean, it's totally me. I am what kind of monster? I am like the disorganized hot mess monster in everyone's lives. Like that person who's like, sorry, I got to merge. I didn't know where I was. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize I forgot my laptop again. Like I am that monster. And I fully embrace that monsterhood because you know what kind of monster you are. I know exactly what kind of monster I am. I am the monster who makes my disorganization your problem all day, every day. And sorry, guys. Apologies. My bad. While we're confessing, I'm going to say that I am this kind of monster. Inez says, what kind of monster doesn't at a cat when they see them? (laughs) Me too. Me. Me is that kind of monster. (laughs) We definitely had some like, what kind of monsters doesn't like dogs? I feel that's just a personal attack on me. I don't like dogs. I don't like any animals. And I understand that when you like animals, one thing you can never convince people of is that you don't like animals. And I understand why people are like Twitter is always like only psychopaths don't like dogs. Color me psychopath, Amy. I don't like pets. Yeah, there's a weird sort of superiority that goes on among dog lovers or cat lovers or of course like little kid lovers right like what kind of person like there are definitely people out there some of them are dog and cat lovers who just don't like little babies like don't move the needle for them you know what i mean yeah like all those your kids oh uh uh-huh anyway and you're like wait don't you think like a toddler is cute like they're just missing that chip and i wonder about that but (laughs) they, they just don't have it like good for them Oh, I'm totally that kind of monster. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think kids are cute, but I'm not like, oh, baby. I don't know. I'm like, eh, I get it, a baby. As my grandfather used to say when it was announced, when anyone was pregnant in the family, it doesn't take brains, Amy. No. Just got yourself a baby. Good for you. Let's move on. Similarly, the appeal of a cat eludes me and always will. I'm that kind of monster. The idea that you would walk into a house and actively engage with a cat is just what kind of monster would expect that from me? Oh, and what kind of cat like wants to engage with you? It seems to me that they're all like they are the epitome of disinterested. Yeah, is I think that's the whole point of cats is like that you don't have to engage with them at all. Right. That's the appeal. Right. They hate you. <laughs> so, they hate you and you like it. That's it. They just give off such a like, I don't have any time for any of you. And although I will say a cat always seems to seek me out. Like I feel like cats can find the non-cat lover in the room. The non-cat person. Yeah. And go up to your leg. My cat is great because if anyone tries to touch her, she bites them. And I'm like, that's the kind of cat I like. I like a cat that's like, nope, no thanks. I'm all good. Clear boundaries. (laughs) Boundaries. She has stated her boundaries, people. Let's talk about, we have a lot of parking monsters. Okay. What kind of monster parks diagonally across two parking spaces? Again, this is monstrous behavior if it's just like, I'm entitled and I don't care about anyone else. But I am a horrible driver and a terrible parker and 
I have a lot of trouble. I'm a bad parent. Like a parking lot parker you're bad at? Like I cannot even pull my car in between two lines. That is really hard for me. Mm. Why is that hard? Is it a big car? Yeah, I drive a huge minivan. Okay. And I don't know why I find it challenging. I'm spatially challenged. And I do, I will say, I'm not trying to pull the card, but I do have a sight problem. That means I have trouble with depth perception. I don't know if that's part of the problem, but... I can't park between the lines, but I will say I try like 12 times because I know it is unacceptable to cross the line with my car. But if on like the 12th time my tire is still touching the line, I got to go. I'm sorry. I'm a bad. I need a sign that says I'm a terrible parker and I'm doing my best. You need one of those new cars or those Teslas. Like what are the cars that just go like beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, 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 and they just park themselves? Do you understand that the only invention I care about in the world is the driverless car? Are you signed up? Are you on board? No, because they're like $8 million. But No, I mean, but like, I meant hypothetically, are you like, I am first in line for one of those. You would do it no problem? Yes, absolutely. That's the only invention I care about. <laughs> People get on it. If you're working on anything else, I don't care about it. I don't need like faster airplanes. I just need a driverless car. That's what I want because for Christmas. driving is a huge part of my life, but everyone has to have them really, I guess. But I don't want to ever drive again. I'm a bad driver and I find it very intimidating. And I'm like a 90 year old lady in a car. I can't park. I don't like to drive at night. I'm very, very upset by driving. But you know, see, this is what I'm understanding now about being one of these monsters. As long as you know that it's you and it's not other people. Like, yeah, I don't like to drive. You're owning it. I'm a terrible parker. I am owning that. I have to own it. But I do feel upset that people think I'm a monster when I'm really just a very bad driver. <laughs> this needs to be flashing in the back of your car, right? I need this. We're going to invent a What Fresh Hell branded sign for the back of your car that tells people like, I'm sorry, I got lost and now I have to merge. And like, I apologize. I'm a bad parker, but not a bad so, person. So, Laura, that's who parks diagonally across two spaces, Margaret. I'm so, But there's also people who are like, they drive like a really fancy car. The one thing I will say for myself is I drive like a dented minivan with like bad bumper stickers on the back that like have my kids gymnastic place on them. So like, I'm not like pulling up in my like, whatever, $400,000 Tesla and just taking up spots because I can. Does that excuse me? <laughs> Tell me I'm not a monster. This is what I mean. I think, yes, you're explaining yourself. We need a little more understanding in this world is what I'm saying. And I'm learning that owning that you are part of the problem is the first step to unity. Yes. <laughs> to stopping being a monster. All right. Let's talk more about that after the break. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to 
croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. In a world where moms are just trying to get through their days in peace, there is darkness lurking everywhere. Mom, listen to this awesome drum set Aunt Kate got me. What? What kind of monster buys a nine-year-old a full drum set? A new kind of monster movie for today's mom. What kind of monster? Are you kidding me? I've been waiting for that parking space patiently for three minutes with my blinker on and you just drive past me and steal it? What kind of monster? Why are you knocking on the bathroom door stall on an airplane when it clearly says occupied? What kind of monster? The word is library. Library. There is no such thing as a library. What kind of monster? Who left one minute and 36 seconds of time on the microwave? Stop messing with my mind! What kind of monster? Honey, go on up to bed. It's the first day of school tomorrow after break, and it's getting late. Yeah, so I have to write a 10-page paper on the moon as a symbol in Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. And I have to do a diagram of the stage, and it's due tomorrow. Coming forever to your lives everywhere, every day. Rated M for Monster. Amy, I have to ask you, have you seen the clip? We should have done this while we were talking about airplanes. It's going around right now. And it's a woman on a plane and she's sitting in the front of the plane where the screens are like on the front wall. And she has removed her shoes and she is scrolling through the choices of movies available on the plane with her big toe. With her bare, right, no sock, big toe. Bare toe. Yeah, I mean, and people are like, Oh, I mean, is there possibly another side to that story? You know, my 15-year-old who will take the other side of any (laughs) argument, like he is here to take the other side, his other side of that one, when he saw that, we're like, ew, isn't that gross? He's like, what kind of person would videotape that and put it on the internet instead of just going up to them and saying, can you not do that? And I was like, I think me, I think I might have been like, this will go viral. (laughs) I think I might I mean, is public shaming a good thing? It is not. Well, you're not like you didn't dox the person. I think it is good public shaming in case there are monsters out there who think that you should (laughs) touch stuff on the airplane with your bare feet. But he was like, just say something. Yeah, there's another one that it set off a round of other people. There was another one with like a guy who stuck his bare feet through the airplane gap and had his bare foot on the armrest of the person sitting in front of him. Oh, hell no. Like I mean, even that, I could see where you're sitting on a plane, you're tired, you have your shoes off, and you're like, oh, leaning forward is making me uncomfortable. I guess I'll just swipe through with my feet. I can see, I mean, it's not okay, but I can see the logic process of that. How you're like, I'm going to stick my bare foot on the armrest of the person in front of me, that's lost to me. Not possible. Mm. And I do think that my teenagers on something, though, is like people sometimes need to like have it pointed out to them. I think maybe they don't know. I'll fess up to my own what kind of monster on an airplane. This is years ago. Like, you know, like I was barely out of college and I was flying to California. And so I brought a lot of stuff to do for a long flight. And I was doing my nails like, you know, in the seat. Oh, and I was doing this for five or 10 minutes before a flight attendant came over like, you can't do that on an airplane. And I was like, oh, OK. And like, I put it away. And it was only later that I'm like, oh, right. Because it like smells like, for, like oh, oh, OK. <laughs> I thought it was the best idea I ever had to do my nails on an airplane. I had like nothing to do but sit there. This is the thing with the girl with the feet. Like I get where sometimes you just get in that zone where you're like, Ah, oh, the screen is a little bit far and I have to basically bend in half to press it. But look, if I just lean back and do it with my feet, it's convenient. Like, I understand that sometimes you make poor choices. 
But how do you feel about a sock on the foot and doing that? I mean, it's not acceptable. I don't want anything to do with your feet ever. Yeah. Feet are gross. And like, there are certain things where like people are like, you shouldn't sleep with socks on. You should. Who cares? But universally, we have decided as a society that we don't want to deal with other people's feet in public spaces. And you have to abide by that. Right. And I would say like the same thing, like you don't want to deal with anyone else's body. And even if it didn't smell bad, painting your nails is gross on a plane because you're dealing with like bodily stuff in public. It's not acceptable. I mean, I totally agree, but I'm just saying it to be like, I needed to have that pointed out to me. Yeah. No, no, no. I just think like there are things that are preferences and there are things that are just, we've decided that we're not doing this, guys. My husband loves to wear They're not quite flip-flops. It doesn't have the thing between your toes, but it's like a sandal with just one strap across the front. Can you picture what I'm talking about? Sure. And even though he wears them on a plane, and I'm like, I don't think you should subject other people to your feet on a plane. Even just sitting in sandals, I think it's wrong. I think you should bring socks. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he thinks I'm crazy, but I just feel like people don't want to see other people's feet. And we've decided that as a society. And you're just forced into such close relationship for a long time on an airplane, right? If you're on the beach, fine. I can see your feet. But on an airplane, your feet should be covered. I believe that strongly. (laughs) And I will stick to that story. I'm going to back you up on that. Thank you. You should travel with socks to hand out. Like, oh, look at this free (laughs) pair of socks. Wouldn't it be funny if someone came up to my husband on a plane and was like, sir, I see your hairy feet stickles and I would like you to put these on to cover them up. His feet stickles? <laughs> I don't know. They're just, feet are so gross. Hairy feet are worse. I don't want to see his hairy feet. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Well, my husband has hairy yeah. feet. Like everyone has hairy feet at a certain point. They're like, we're part hobbit, you know, like put those things away, people. Here's a preference thing for me that has become a what kind of monster thing for Laura. What kind of monster puts a box of wheat thins back in the cabinet where there are only two whole crackers, a few sad half crackers and crumbs? Literally every monster in my house. And I want to back up and say what kind of monster eats wheat thins? Not you. Wheat thins are the worst of all the crackers. They're the ones that are sort of like thatchy, right? Oh, exactly. They're like bark, salty, slightly sweet bark. They're horrible. Yeah, not me. So I would say what kind of monster has wheat thins in their house? But you're right. What kind of monster puts them back? There is no excuse for this kind of monster, guys. There is no other. Even your son who finds the other side of everything cannot find the other side for what kind of monster puts wheat thins, two wheat thins back. No, but the first thing he would need to do is fess up to being this person because all my kids are this person. And then are mad. And then like, oh. There's no wheat thins. And then all three of my kids totally do that. They'll be like, there's no snacks. I'll be like, that's because you put the empty bags back in the cabinet and you didn't tell me. Amy, let's talk about what kind of monster. I feel this one is a little controversial. Doesn't return their shopping cart and leaves it blocking another space. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-uh. Me? Depends on how full the parking lot is and how far the place to return it is. Angela says if a mother in, with kids can return her cart to the correct place at Target or the grocery store, you can too. I once was with my father-in-law. This was years and years ago. We were returning carts and there was, this is the problem. There's a bit of entrapment, I think, that goes on here. There were already four abandoned carts in a clearly empty space And I was going to put the cart there. And he's like, I just never want to be the person who doesn't return their shopping cart. And he said it with like complete derision in his voice. And now like crying baby in the car, 20 degrees outside, pouring rain. I'm like, I have to bring the cart back because I just hear his voice echoing. I never want to be the person who doesn't. And I'm like, I feel it is acceptable to leave the cart with the other four abandoned carts, but maybe that's more. No, I, that is exactly, I will do that. I will append my cart to the end of the nearest new spot to leave your cart that has already been established. <laughs> the nearest island of abandoned carts. Yeah, I'm not going to start a new spot where a bunch of people have left their carts, but I guess, yes, if there is an extra spot where several people have left the cart, it means that the other one is too far away and by now it has become acceptable to default leave your cart there. I'm that I'm that kind of monster. <laughs> You're going with the flow on the cart monster. I am. I mean, I do think it's kind of monstrous, but I will say our shopping store, our grocery store. Foodstuffs Emporium. The foodstuffs, our market doesn't, to me, their cart return placement is bonkers, but I'm assuming it's because people want to park closer to the store. And so it really is like they're become like cart islands all over the parking lot. And 
I do occasionally avail myself of the shopping cart island, and I'm not proud of it. I know I'm a monster, but I do it sometimes. Yeah, this one is not one I feel strongly about, but I guess... You know what? Maybe it's the New York City girl in me. I'm not in parking lots four times a week. Yeah, well, you don't deal with it that much. I mean, I do think like there are issues like you block handicap spaces. You like it dings people's cars. Like just put your cart back probably. But sometimes I am like going to shopping cart island and running away fast. I am that kind of monster sometimes. Inez is very specific. She says she thinks that anybody who reverses into parking spots at Home Depot, Lowe's, or Ikea is a monster. I'm not sure why she's calling out those stores. Yeah, Inez would hate my husband because she Inez was like really hot on what kind of monster <laughs> she had a bunch of them for. She also was the person who wants you to make <laughs> sounds at cats, which we've already shot down. But is the problem, I don't exactly know. My husband is a huge parking spot reverser, and we have had the marital conversation that it is not always appropriate to reverse in. Like, he basically won't park unless he reverses into a spot. And there are times where I'm like, can we not go through this whole exercise? And I saw... Because it takes too long? Is that Are you holding everybody up while you're, like, adjusting your exact back end? It's just a lot. Like, is it this just becoming a thing that, like, it's some weird thing you have to prove to yourself? Like, can we just sometimes just pull in and go to the movies? Like, do we always have to spend the extra? And I just saw, I think his name's Trey Kennedy. Is that the guy who yeah, does yeah. all the really funny videos, like the middle schooler? He was saying, like, the logic of it makes no sense to him. Like, you back into a spot where there's, like, a very, very finite amount of space. And then you back out of a spot where there's tons of space. Like, why are you backing in in the first place? I hadn't given this a lot of thought, and I'm not sure there's monsterdom involved in it, but I would say in general, I mean, I love to get in a car that's facing out because, again, I'm a very bad driver. I would never attempt to back into a spot because, like, I would ruin eight cars in the whole parking lot just trying, so I would never even attempt this. But I understand why it's annoying. I wonder how Inez would feel and how you would feel about what I do, which is like, I'll find a parking spot where you can pull in not only to the spot, but to the spot in front of it, thereby pulling into a spot, but creating an exit for yourself where you can drive forward out of the spot. You see what I'm saying? I have real life experience with this, Amy. I usually love to do that. But then one time I was pulling forward into a spot while a guy who I didn't see was trying to pull into that spot and we almost hit each other and he yelled at me and told me that what I was doing was unacceptable. Mm. And I was like, really? This has literally never occurred to me that this would be a dangerous thing to do. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know. I'm going to ponder that. I'm going to keep that in my heart. I mean, ponder it. I don't know. Who's in the right there? This is the other thing. People go through the world being like, I know what's right. And he was like really giving me the what for. Like, one should never pull across. That's not. And I was like, whoa, okay, dude. You've given this a lot more thought than I have. I think if somebody else thinks that you're a monster for pulling into a parking spot the wrong way, I think you can sort of consider it without letting it ruin your day. And maybe... (laughs) Well, this is the battle, isn't it, Amy? Can we? I don't know. I don't think most people can. And, you know, it's definitely really what we're coming to while we discuss these monstrous things is that I say it all the time. The hardest thing to do in this life is to understand the world through someone else's eyes. Like, it's just so difficult. And it comes up all the time for us as moms, right? That you're like, what kind of monster would hold her baby and run across a parking lot without even putting her in a stroller? And it's like, you don't really understand that that woman just got out of the car and was like, I'm going to leave my toddler sleeping and run in. You know what I mean? Like, you're constantly thinking monstrous things of others when really there's probably a legit side to their story. A little context. Except for people who eat wheat thins. Yeah. I mean, there's no other side to that story. Or who leave the keyboard clicks on. They have to be stopped, but... No, they have to be stopped. I just think I'm not... I run towards the non-confrontational, and the idea that I would ever walk up to someone and be like, here's headphones, or could you turn your keyboard clicks off? I just suffer in silence, and then I rant about them on my podcast. That's how I handle it. Like, I would never actively engage with another human and try to make things right. If you do it politely, like I just was on a plane last month with a guy who, even though we were in the air and he was supposed to have airplane mode on, his phone was like, ding, 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 ding. He was getting lots of notifications on his phone with the freaking ding on every time, right? So finally, 
it was like making my blood pressure rise and I had to sit next to this guy for like four hours. So finally I was like, do you mind just turning that sound off? And he was a little startled, but then he was like, oh, okay. Like, again, like he's the kind of monster who he's that on all the time. It doesn't like even register with him, right? And it was driving me nuts. He was polite enough to turn it off and like didn't start a fight. I was ready for him to be unpleasant about it. He wasn't at all. Anyway, get to where I'm going, go to a cocktail hour. Guess who I get introduced to? Him. Him. Oh my gosh! Him. So I was so like, if I knew I was going to have to talk to him at a cocktail hour, I probably wouldn't have done that and then like seized with anger. So did he say something about it? I was like, we just sat in a plane next to each other. And he's like, oh, yes, hello. Right. But he wasn't. And he said, I hope I was a nice seatmate. And I'm like, absolutely. But that's the thing. I mean, he doesn't even remember that. But I do think for some people, like I was once on the quiet car of Metro North with two friends of mine. I kind of spoiled the ending because we just basically sat down on the train and we were just like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. And have you seen Sheila? She's incredible. We were just talking in like unbelievably loud voices. And we literally had never occurred to us that like no one else on this train car is speaking at all. Yeah. And finally, a guy stood up and tapped one of us or like just leaned in or whatever. It was like, this is the quiet car. And we were like, oh. Oh, and we were quiet, but I'm not going to lie. I was mad at him all day. I was still mad at him for scolding us. Like, it's hard. Like, even when you're totally in the wrong, like nobody really wants to be told what to do fundamentally. Don't you think that's true? Yes. Or am I just crazy? Yes, but it occurs to me just based on the examples that we've given today that very often the monster doesn't know that they're being a monster. And if you can ask nicely, they will still hate you, but it will stop maybe instead of carrying that resentment around to your grave. Right. And the world might be a better place. It's possible. I'm not really sure there's a solution to this, Amy. We're supposed to be heading to we solved it. But I mean, (laughs) I guess if it's driving you crazy, you could try to fix it. You can also just write things about them on Facebook or Instagram or take videos of them and share them on social media. That's another way to handle this situation. We want to see (laughs) all of those things. Do not share pictures of people's feet with us on our Facebook page, guys. No. We want to hear about what kind of monsters you're dealing with in your life. And you can come to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast and tell us. (laughs) That's all I have. (laughs) You can also come to Instagram at whatfreshhellcast. You can go to Twitter at WFH podcast. This is not really a Twittery conversation, but you can always find us there. And you can find us on our website at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. This week, there won't really be a ton of show notes because we didn't reference a lot of... No research. Oh, no research. We know what kind of monsters out there. We don't need to research it. But you can come there and find out how to leave a review for the podcast, which we would love, love, love for you to do. That is the thing that most helps us get the word out to other people. So come to What Fresh Hell Podcast, click on the sidebar that says how to write a review and go write us a review of the podcast. We'd love it. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next time. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes... 
life stocks.